We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson joining you for a late, late night, at least relative to the game ending, edition of Group Therapy. Uh, I went to the game, those of you who are longtime listeners, be familiar with our friend Akiva making an offer to me several months ago that uh, he wanted to take me to a game if he could. And things worked out and I ended up attending the game with him tonight. And we had a great time sitting in probably the most preposterous. I mean, there there are not better seats than where I sat. It was it was insane. Um, an ugly win. Mavericks got up by 19 at one point and then just sort of shit the bed. Uh, I don't entirely know what happened other than Luca really playing. It was a really ugly triple double for him where he just couldn't hit shots. Like at one point he, he, he was doing some things in the game, like cutting to the basket and he missed an open layup from the left side. And then after that, things just sort of snowballed for the thunder, but the Mavericks regrouped. Uh, they, I wouldn't say they tried to give the game away, but the thunder simply would not stop, which is, uh, you know, part of what makes them such a entertaining team to play against. Um, Shea Gillies-Alexander is just an incredible basketball player to see up close. Uh, he is the taller A-plus version of Jalen Brunson. Um, just incredible. Like, watching him play basketball is, is fun. He really picked on a lot of Mavericks defenders. Tim Hardaway just sucks at defense up close, and so it's it's he just picked on Timmy repeatedly. It was it was really something. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's hang out for a while. Come up and invite yourself on stage. Um, I'm pretty tired. So we're gonna hang, you know, let's hang out for about a half hour and see what's going on. Uh coming up first, I see Max. Max, welcome to the show. Hit that unmute button and uh tell us what you're thinking. 
Hey, Kirk, how you doing? Good. Thanks for joining. Yeah, glad to be here. I just got home from the game. I was in, I think I saw the back of your head way down there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, first, uh, first time going to a Mavs game in a, since I was maybe 13. So good to go. Um, something that I noticed, uh, I think this was somewhere in the second quarter. Um, it's kind of completely unrelated to most of the rest of the game was, uh, when Luca missed that layup, he kind of, I saw him sulking about it and just completely missed out on the entire defensive possession. And I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's a maturity thing. And I mean, this thing is, it's, it's a broken record at this point that, you know, he, you know, he's, he's young. He's like, you know, what, 22. So I, I suppose he'll grow out of it, but it's, it's kind of like, how soon will he? It's so odd to watch because it was one thing, you know, it's one thing to watch it on TV and you see him doing it. It's another thing being in the, in the arena and he doesn't yell at the refs in so much as he never leaves them alone. And I have, you know, I have a five-year-old and there are some days where he will simply not stop bugging my wife. Like he just talks to her all the time about anything. And that's what Luca was like. He would not shut up. And he got to the free throw line plenty. You know, he got a little grumpy about like one time when he he planted his ankle and his ankle gave way and he wanted a foul call for it and basically stared at the refs. Like it was the the chittering is is frustrating. After that particular play, that was that was really when things started to go sideways for the Mavericks. And like there's a correlation between him not ever shutting the fuck up and the Mavericks like losing focus. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And just, it, it was just so striking to see that in person. Like every, literally the four other players on the floor were hustling over the other side. And Luca was literally hands on his face, hanging out under the basket, just and sauntering over eventually. And by the time he was at half court, um, the Thunder had already scored, but, you know, I mean, all in all, didn't have that significant of an impact on the game, except for that, you know, what was it, a 25 and 7 stretch in the third mm-hmm. quarter later on. But, you know, ultimately, I'm an ugly, ugly win is a win. And, you know, I'm glad that I saw it in person. I mean, there, there were still some really fun parts. Like the Magic game was was torture. Like that was a, a, a awful, unfun game to watch. This game tonight... And maybe I, I'm biased by being in person, but they had some stretches of just soul-crushing offense, which was impossible to watch. But then they were doing some things where it was just evident how much better they were as a team than than the Thunder. And where, you know, it's really, it's just getting painful. Bas- like shots are with Tim Hardaway, just the basketball goes to die with him sometimes. Like some of his misses were obscene. And Luca had, I think, 12 assists on the night. He could have had 25 with some of the looks that were just not going down from teammates. I know that's also a broken record comment, but, you know, there were some really parts of this game where, and I, I think this is, is sort of what we have to look forward to if they don't really make any trade deadline moves. You can see the core of their rotation, okay, in, in terms of who's going to play and really who won't play. Um and the the top seven, I'm really enjoying watching those guys play right now, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. 
I mean, we'll we'll see where this team goes. I think that the next couple of games are are really going to be telling. I know that we've been on a pretty good upswing as of late, but you know, if the if the the shooting can return, I know we've been again we've been saying this literally the entire season. Yep. But you know, if the shooting can get somehow a little bit better, because I mean, you know, these guys were getting good looks. You know, they're mm-hmm. moving the ball around pretty well, and it's you know it's especially striking in person just to hear that incredible clang you know whenever you know tim bricks a three for you know the fucking 30th time in the game but like luca missing a three like by a good foot sometimes it's funny it's it it really is something i but i think that's where we have to take a little bit of solace in that they're winning these games despite some of this dreck so then that wasn't happening happening earlier in the season yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Kirk. Have a great sure. night. You too, Max. Appreciate you coming up. All right. Coming up next, let's go to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Kirk. How's it going? That's good. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of my uh, friends was also at the game. So we're on this YMCA uh, Noonball Snapchat group. We have like 40 people on there. And so I'm not going to jinx because I feel like I almost jinxed my team again. Just So we're up like 21 and, you know, my friend's Snapchatting on the game. You know, he's at it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're going to win nine out of our last ten. And then it comes down to this bullshit. You know, we almost lost the game. Sacramento Kings, Los Angeles Lakers, you know, at buzzer reader thing. I was just like, oh, thank God. Because I just did not feel like carrying the trolling, you know, of Mavs or suck kind of thing. But, I mean, I'm positive right now about what's going on. Luca is going to find his way, like – He's missing some shots, but maybe because he's playing better deep. I mean, I don't, maybe the shots are just not falling, but with them playing better defense and with his ankle and all, I mean, maybe he's just just not making them. So I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, it, it, play to play, it's so strange watching him. Lou Dort is kind of an, an, an ideal defender as you can get that's not Kawhi Leonard. That dude is thick and yeah. strong as hell. And there was an early game post up where the angle that I was wa- like sitting from, I watch him just give Dort a forearm shiver and move him eight or nine inches backwards. Like Luca's just ungodly strong, and I I want him to make more. This is like a really in the weeds comment, but I want him to make more post moves towards the rim. He does a lot of like really heavy work only to fade away, and he's not Dirk. Like use, I wish I wanted to use his power more. I, I've been I noticing him do, doing a lot of those dirt fadeaways, which I know he's made some of them. But when it comes to the three, you know, the step back, too many of those. I mean, uh, but he's just gonna do what he wants to do. I mean, he, it's Luca, but those other guys, they need to step up and hit their shots. At least Tim Hardaway Jr. hit a, a few threes tonight. But yep, you know, I mean, the fact that our defense is belling us out. I mean, that's gonna help us in the playoffs. I mean, when shots sure. aren't falling, or our defense is picking it up. I mean that. This is, I mean, do you think that we were going to win nine out of our last ten games at any no. point in the season? I mean, I don't God, know. no. I mean, that's where I am right now where, you know, like this is an odd comparison point, but like the Bulls, for example, have been struggling as of late. And I've long been a proponent of, and you you can even go back and listen to podcasts when I'm kicking the shit out of the team early in the season. Like I would much <laughs> rather them find their way than be playing really hot right off the bat and not have anywhere to go but down. Um, there, there's really, you know, this is only game 44, I think is what it is. There's still plenty of basketball left for them to lose it. Like I, you know, things are rounding into shape in a nice way. 
the defense in particular has a, an air of sustainability about it because if there's, I'm pretty sure I said this last time we were on here, but if there's an upside of these guys playing together for way too long is that they all know each other. And yeah. I, I don't know what like Chris Porzingis lost his shit about in the third, third quarter when, when Shea Gillis Alexander dunked. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was, was because Tim just got beat by a single move and that just hasn't happened that often this in, in this stretch. Like there's so there's a lot of help the helper action going on, and they're not getting beat. I mean, they haven't been getting beat quite so quite in, in the in the way we become accustomed to with like single dribble moves. It's just nice to see. So I and I think that is at least like a sustainable mold that they can build on at least for now. And and this I mean last season we were playing our competition, we were winning against good teams, we were losing. I feel like against all the bad teams. This year, it's like we're doing more so. I mean, we're winning more so. I feel like. I mean, we're like six games above five hundred. It's right huge. Now, so we're beating the good team, the fucking good teams, the Grizzlies. We're the street busters, basically. Uh, I mean, guys are healthy. Hopefully, Max, he's okay. And you know, I'm sure Reggie will probably play Wednesday. Um, and you know, I gotta give a shout out to Dwight Powell because I think all of us, you know, a month or two ago, we're all like, send Dwight Powell to the moon and all that kind of shit. But damn man, he, if he just plays twenty minutes, he fucking plays his role. But the to twenty minutes, like, like when it goes past that, it's like, oh no! Like there was, yeah, he's starting and asking him to, to play thirty, thirty-five minutes. I mean, he's just he's just gonna make bonehead plays. But I, I gotta give it to him. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I still hope they kind of trade him, but <laughs> if we can get something for him. But um, last question of uh, uh, Pinson. Um, so he's the last of the ten-day contracts. Do you think is he still on another ten-day contract? Do you think they? We might pick up somebody else instead because I mean he. I'm pretty sure they signed him to a two-way. Oh, okay, okay. So, so, and this is unfortunate, but the previous two-way guys who started the year, the the guy from Oregon and then um, the guy who had played with the Warriors at one point, both of them are are no longer on the team. Uh, Penson, I'm pretty sure, is a two-way though. I'm sleepy and I could. Yeah, and then Mar- Marquise Chris. I mean, I know he's going to play at some point. You know, KP is going to have a load manage situation where, or he's hopefully just doesn't. I mean, it's, it's going to happen at some point. He's probably going to get injured or something. So at least Mar- Marquise Chris is there to step in. You know, I know he fouls a lot, but um, I was kind of hoping that he would get some minutes. But I mean, I don't know. Dwight Powell's not shitting the better, so it's whatever well, we're winning. So the Thunder just, are. I, I was talking to like because Akiva was sitting next to me in the game, and he was like, "Why are none of like the really big guys getting burned?" The Thunder play like five man out offense. Like they barely had registered. Like Mike Muscala was playing center at some point. They had another guy, can't remember the guy's name, who like I guess was a big, but it's not like they ever really had anyone camping out in the paint. You know? Yeah. God, we got so many bigs. Moses Brown, Bob, like, I got so many bigs, and they're not even playing. But uh, yeah. you know, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. Just keep winning. Who cares? Just keep winning. So that's right. Yeah, but that's all I got. Uh, let's get this one on Wednesday. All right. Thanks, bud. Talk soon. Okay. Coming up next, Greg. What's up, Greg? How you doing? It's been quite a night watching that game. I mean, that was a roller coaster. That's for sure. I was texting my cousin tonight. She asked if I was watching this and I go, yeah. Um, Jason Kidd is the second longest tenured coach of my four major teams, which is crazy to me. He, um, you're giving me an opening to talk about kid. Watching kid not coach is just bizarre. It's bizarre. He came over and there was a foul in the first half where he was like, 
he talked to the ref and it was an obvious foul. And he talked to the ref and he's like, well, I could challenge this right now and embarrass you. What the fuck are we doing? Blah, blah, blah. Just, it was great. It was, you know, it's, 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 I love both coaches did this, by the way. Like watching coaches talk to refs was really outstanding. First time I've ever experienced that. And, and it, but he just, the rest of the assistant coaches do a lot of stuff. Like kid in game is just kind of hanging out. And I guess obviously they call stuff at timeouts, but, and, and I was on the other side of the scores table, so I couldn't hear much, but this is, this is interesting. <laughs> Yeah, seeing that, I was just like, it, uh, like, it's also funny when they pull down their masks to make their point. Like, I briefly had it on Spurs Suns tonight because there's, I'm sure you've heard by now, there's technical difficulties yes. during the Mavericks broadcast. <laughs> yes. Um, so I had it on that game and are a lot of these games road games remote, apparently, because the Suns were promoting their tickets on the court of the Spurs tonight. That's that wild. tickets go on sale. Yeah, and I was just like, Mark would never, like, would Valley Sports Southwest ever do that? <laughs> it's just yeah. a weird, weird thing. And I was, but it was just a roller coaster. And I, I thought Porzingis played pretty good defense with the shot blocking tonight. And that was nice to see. I did too. I did too. Gillis Alexander is just so crafty around the rim that he, they got some great looks where he's just unbelievable. Uh, but I, I thought that the KP did pretty well. Yeah, it was just, re- I mean, Games like this, a few years ago, I mean, I know we already talked about the Spurs game. I mean, not the Spurs, the Kings game and the Lakers game. It was nice to still pull it out, even if it was ugly. I mean, I have a model for all my teams. It's never easy. And I was like, of course, it's going to be this way tonight against the Thunder. So Sure. I feel, but I feel, I don't feel bad playing the Thunder close. The Thunder are a, a, a team with some talent and they play really hard. I said this earlier, but like the Magic just suck. Like they mm-hmm. don't really have good players. Like Shea Gillies Alexander is like the perfect running mate for Luca. Like he is a super duper star, and and probably will be at some point, in my opinion. I do like for the Magic though, Anthony and Suggs. I think they have future there. Something, but yes, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, at some point, I, there's the, yeah, in, yeah. Franz Wagner's fun too, but it's just it's like the the. They didn't really have anyone that could compete with the maps. They, they, their best thing was to to muck up the the you know what the style of game that the Mavericks were playing. I f- I feel like that game was a whistle thon too on Saturday oh. night. Man, that sucked. <laughs> I just wanted to go to sleep. Yeah, I was the same way. It was negative eleven, and I was like, well, I don't know what's colder, the whistles or the weather outside. So, yep, <laughs> because they were cold hearted with those whistles. Anyways, that's what I have for you, Kirk. Thanks, Greg. Have a good night. Yes, you too. Thank you, sir. All right. Grayson, you're up next. What's up, Grayson? Hey, Kurt. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, I don't have a ton to say. I just, uh, about mid-season or, I don't know, a while back when Cuban was, you know, going on his rants about, like, fans and stuff, I was starting to disconnect from the Mavs a little bit. They weren't really playing that well. Um, but recently, like, I got uh, tickets to the Bulls game for Christmas. So I got to go to that, which was really fun. And that helped a lot. And they've won a lot of big games recently. They have. Yeah, I just – I like the direction that they're going. And it seems like now everyone has had COVID. So, like, hopefully they won't all get COVID again pretty for a while at least. 
Um, but yeah, they've been really pretty fun to watch, and they when they actually make their shots, I've just been enjoying it. So, kind of, I'm kind of back on board now. I'm trying to watch most Mavs games. Well, it's a long season, and so checking out for periods of time, I think, are, are, is healthy. Um, that's actually a huge reason why I try to keep a lot of people who want to write for Mavs Moneyball, just because if you there's a time. Like 2013, 2014, I covered 72 of 82 games, and I just, like, I hated basketball by the end of it. And you just can't do that. Like, these guys, these beat reporters who do this for for real jobs, like, it's just, it sucks the fun out of it. So, yeah, absolutely tune out now and again. I think that that if they can make it through this January stretch where I'm pretty sure they had four back-to-backs to to close out the month. They just finished one this weekend. They have one this weekend, or uh, Wednesday, Thursday then I'm pretty sure they have two more. If they can come out of this stretch like the end of January, even, you know, let's say they just play 500 ball the rest of the way, I'm going to be super excited. Fortunately, I think they're actually going to play better than that because of the the kind of the, the kind of uh, teams that they're playing against. So it's, it's you know, things are looking, things are looking up at an interesting time. Um, let me just say I'm very pleased that none of you have asked about trades to date tonight because I don't know what the hell they're going to do uh, because it's like when you're playing well, it's much harder to, to talk about trading your guys. And unfortunately that's usually the time when they're the most appealing <laughs> when the team is doing well, but it's just, it's, it's you know, they're, they're in a good spot right now. And compared to where, you know, the basketball was just not fun for a significant stretch. It's sometimes not fun now, but at least they're winning. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, and it's funny because I think, like, three months ago, if you were like, okay, the Mavs need to trade Dorian or Maxi or, I don't know, Dwight or Josh Green, I would be like, yeah, that's fine. Like, it's, I'm, I don't, we, don't, we don't need them. But now, like, the idea of trading those guys is kind of like, okay, well, well, hold on, what are we getting back? Like, I don't know, maybe it's just a little different now. Like, I, I want Miles Turner on the Mavs, but, like, not at the cost of Brunson. Um, and, I, you know, I just don't really see them making any moves without moving Brunson. So that kind of limits it for me because they need to keep a secondary ball handler. I, 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 Brunson, I don't think, is on the table. Like, he, you know, for as unbelievable as Dorian Finney-Smith is playing right now, Dorian Finney-Smith is 29 years old. Uh, trading Brunson, even though they don't have bird rights for him, I don't think they can they can afford to do that. Um, Brunson was so key tonight to keep the offense going, and he really has been key most nights. And the things that Matt or that Dorian brings to the table are very important. But I still think that like Brunson's ability to go get a bucket is one of it's it's probably the second most useful thing that a player does beyond Luka Doncic, Doncic existing. Because there's nobody else, like, like KP can't go get a bucket. Almost all of his things are assisted. Um, it's just not who he is. That's okay. And, and you know, Dorian does a lot of, like, interesting stuff. But I, I also think at a certain point, people have to understand that Dorian... Dorian will come back to earth in some way, shape, or form. And he's also got a lot of miles on him for a 30, you know, nearly 30 year old wing. I mean, it's, it's just between the two of them. I think you have to pick the younger player almost every time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, 
it feels like all season people have been saying that they're going to make a move, you know, that this, this is probably not the final form of this team. Sure. Um, and, you know, I've been on board with that, and I think I'm still on board with that, but I'm just curious to see, like, how – if they can make any moves that wouldn't just be, like, lateral, you know? Yeah. So that that's really the thing for me is, like, I don't want them to make a move just for the sake of making a move. Uh, but you know, whatever. If they, if they, I like change too. Like change is cool. Whatever. We'll see what they do. I just, I don't care. I'm, I'm glad that 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 Luca guy's back, and Mavs. And he's back. not even really back. Like he's got a lot of levels to get to, and he's still just giving everyone the business. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I just, I love seeing clips of him bitching at people on Twitter. Like I know it's probably not the best for the Mavs and. Especially when it's at the officials, but you know, maybe <laughs> the clip with Mo, 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 or was it? Yeah, it was Mo, right? Yeah, it was Mo because was, Mo just like like shoved his way into the play and was clapping Luca's face. Luca was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> I mean, yeah, the it was really funny, and uh, I think people kind of like that, to be honest. So yeah, being, oh yeah, going around anyway. Okay, I've got off the stage now. Let's one else. Be good. Talk soon. All right, Aaron. Welcome, Aaron. How you doing? Hit the unmute button down there at the bottom. Hey, what's up, man? Welcome. Hey, uh, first of all, I know I heard you say earlier, you said, I'm not too annoyed by a close loss of the Thunder, but just the way it plays out, played out tonight did annoy me because I felt like it was a good opportunity to sit everyone in the fourth and, sure. then, you know, Luca and Brunson get banged up and, you know, late in the game there. I felt that was a little unnecessary, but you know what? That's just bitching the bitch. And after the Cowboy game yesterday, I fully expected them to drain the three at the buzzer and just break my heart again. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing that I kind of circled back to and I told this to the guy I went to the game with was like, it's their third game in four nights. They still have three more games to play to where they will have played six games and nine nights. And yes, well, if you go look at the past two games, so the the back-to-back wins, so the win over the Memphis, win over Magic, they had guys not play more than 30 or so minutes, like well down from their season averages. So that's, I think, something that was was pretty interesting um, and worth, uh, you know, noting because it just – this game, once once the Thunder started creeping back in, it it didn't feel like they were going to go away. So it's, you know – if it's the worst thing that they had, that they that they uh, you know played another clutch game and, and got away with it, I will I'll take it because it, that would have been a really stupid game to lose. For sure, man. Like I said, I'm just bitching a bitch, but I did want to ask you something since you went to the game. Uh, I have to watch it, you know, through the league pass feed because of the frontier and all that stuff right now. And I've been noticing like all year when they show like the top shot. That arena looks half empty to me. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. There was it was probably eighty percent capacity. So, do you think like Luca notices that, and is, is it because Cuban and his vax thing, or I'm just kind of worried about the attendance issue? Oh and, no, that, so that's actually. I will simply say that the NBA has an attendance issue at the moment. The Mavericks are still among the attendance leaders. Um. 
that's kind of a an, an interesting subject. I would I, I I'd be willing to talk about more when I'm not as tired. But the Mavericks are still one of the league leaders in attendance. Um, the crowd was great for not being fully populated. Like I've been there on other nights where it sucks, and so people were really into this game. There were there were a a lot of vocal Thunder fans, which made it fun. Weird, but yeah, okay. I, I just wonder what it's like being in the arena because, like, I, I kind of worry about like Lucas seeing the empty seats there and if that affects him. Yeah, not you know. I mean, the lower bowl is always one of these places where you have people like this is very much a see and be seen event. Like, there's just so many rich, friggin' attractive people in the lower bowl. Like it, it, like I, I it throws me off <laughs> walking around. You know, like the guy with the dad belly, and there's just people where it's like, good gracious, what is going on here? Um, but, it, you know, but the, for that aside, like, it's, it was a pretty loud crowd, and so that part's at least neat. Yeah, the crowd's great, man. Like I said, I know the lower bowl is always kind of iffy, but I, I noticed it from seeing the top shots. It looks like there's a lot of empty seats throughout the whole arena. Yeah, yeah. All right, man, we'll have a good one. You too. Thanks for joining. All right. Jack, you've been waiting a while. How you doing, Jack? Jack. Hit that oh, I'm here. You hear me? Yeah, there we go. Okay, Um. so Kid had some interesting post-game comments talking about how he wanted to see Josh Green close the game. Mm. Uh, he was like, you know, I want to see how he does out there. And I, I think that's either, you know, I think somebody said it on Twitter. They were, like, trying to see – how he deal, how, how he would deal with like someone like Dorian's role or just, you know, trying to showcase him for a trade. Um, that's kind of what I read into that. Like, I mean, kid has been saying like the last few days that he's trying to, you know, make experiments with the roster and try different lineup combinations out. Yep. I do think that a move is coming. Um, I kind of wanted to speak on the, on the Dorian situation because it's been a hot topic on Twitter, you know. Good people, Lord. Saw some amazing take. Like this is where I've just I've I've been tired today, and like I can't help myself sometimes. So I just I moved on from some just scorching takes. And it's, go ahead, though. Let's- people, well, people, people are really passionate about it both ways because you know I see both sides to it. I mean, Dorian is the heart and soul of the team. He's a beloved Luka player. He's him. played really well this year. Yeah, Luca loves him. Like you know, he's got all these things going for him. And, you know. I, I love him. I don't want to see him go. You know, I understand the cap situation. I understand he's going to be a free agent. I understand you have to, you know, give to get. But at the end of the day, like, is Miles Turner the only person on the trade market? Like, like, is there nobody else that we can be targeting with this asset that we have? Because as much as I like Miles Turner and I like his game, like, he is a bad fit on this team. Like, I agree. Like, he is, like, you're basically going to be paying to, have a backup to KP. Like, he's going to be KP's backup. As long as KP is on the team, that's his best role. And he doesn't want that. KP doesn't want to have to fight for minutes with him. He's not going to be able to effectively close a game against good teams. Like, it's just – it's it's a weird, messy situation. So, yeah. I mean – go ahead. My colleague, Warren Gunn, at Mavs Moneyball has been arguing she just likes him as a player. She's like, oh, he and KP can play together can play together and should play together are two wildly different things. Right. The offense only hums when KP is at five. Mm-hmm. Everything else becomes an ugly shit show of some form. Like, or, I, 
you, you can put you can put Dwight at the five with KP and get away with it when when things are clicking because Dwight can be the role man and KP can space the floor. Miles yes, Turner can't he can't be the role man. I mean, I don't like, think he's like he, he's a different kind of athlete. I, he and KP are strikingly similar despite being very different athletes. He's um, a worse offensive version and a better defensive version of KP. Yes. yes. Uh, but, you know, I, I hear what you're saying where it's isn't there anything else going on? That's kind of where my brain was, too, where it just and this happens like Twitter and Facebook and and um. What's the other one? What's the site that hates me? Reddit. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like people fixate on the one thing. And yeah. what I keep coming back to is I cannot recall the last time for Dallas something happened in a way that was like reported beforehand where it's like, oh, we were building towards a deal that eventually happened. I, I don't remember anything. That's Ever. true. Yeah, I mean, I like to keep things you know, close to the chest. They don't like to let everything out like there. So you have this report that like, oh, the Mavs are the family are the favorite to to land Miles Turner's. Like, are they? I know, uh, Eric, like I I followed Eric Pincus for years. This is no yeah. shot across the bow at his reporting, but sure. he was reporting what other GMs think, not what yeah. anything in Dallas thinks. Mm-hmm. And you know, people put this shit out there because they want to see how the market responds to it. Not to mention, there are some weird rumors that this dude is hurt in a way that is not great. Yeah. I, I just think that, like, I, I talked to, I was talking with Josh a little bit on Twitter about it. And, like, I get the, you know, like, asset cap management situation. He's younger. He's, you know, probably a better player over, like, as a whole. But it's just like, I mean, I, like, with the, with the recent play for the team, it's like, I want to see the Mavs have success this year, too. And if we're going to move our best wing, I would like to get a piece that fits a little better with the roster construction because I just don't see a a, a deal centered on Dorian for Miles Turner really making us better for the playoffs. No, no. I agree. It's worse. So I just want to see what else is out there. I'm not sure what else is out in the trade market. You haven't heard a whole lot of other rumors going. Like I would like to get a wing because that's what we really need is a really good wing. But, just, I mean, they just need dudes who can like hit shots and it's just painful. I don't, that's where I've, I've sort of settled myself and this is, you know, probably going to make people irritated, not necessarily with me, but just sort of this acceptance. When you go look at the history of what they had to do, they traded a pick to get Luca. They traded two more to get, uh, to get Chris Porzingis. That is mm-hmm. your team. If you are not going to use free agency wisely, which the Mavericks didn't. So yeah, again, you know, I just I, I sort of think that, that the goal, the end goal for me, at least, is any trade at all cannot involve any future firsts. You have I to agree. have those future firsts for the, oh, fuck, Luca, please don't leave. We're so, so sorry we suck at this trade. Like, yeah, that, like, if you're going to trade a first, it needs to be for somebody better than Miles Turner, yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. You save all those, and it's like people that want to, like, and granted, this is – this is mainly just like team building for team building sake. Like none of us have a say and we're all probably very, very, very wrong. I yeah. Mean, I had Seth Partnow, uh, who used to be a Bucks front office guy. He came on our show and said on the record that the Mavericks were well known around the league for their intense desire to need to win every trade a dollar 50 for every dollar, which is why they didn't do anything for a while. True. Um, Brunson was apparently marked as untouchable in the first year he was on the team. Which, 
with the player that he's become now, that's great, but that's like a crazy pants thing to say. Three. Rodrigue Babois, untouchable. Yeah. How well did that work for everybody, guys? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but that's that's really, you know, all I have to say about it. Because, you know, I see both, like I said, I see both sides. Sure, me too. Like, no offense, like, to people in the chat, like, talking about how, you know, we're talking, we're falling in love with a 30-year-old role player. Miles Turner's a role player. Like, he's not, you know. He's a 26-year-old role player. Like, yeah. he's been the same guy for, since he came into the league, basically. He's not giving you offensive creation. He's... You know, not a good fit with KP. Like there are, it's not a perfect. It's not a. Per- I'm, I'm all for bringing. I mean, if they out. did it, I, I would just kind of go okay, because like I get, like I've settled on the desire. Like anybody that is like, I want this, and I, I don't. I'm past the point of being vehemently against any particular move. I. It's just that when you do that in the middle of a win streak. It's sort of hard to justify at the moment, but I mean, we've watched this team. So if yeah. if someone is really dead set on this and they're like, "This is my view," I get it. Yeah, I like I said, I see both sides. Like, if if the trade did happen, I would I would probably say, "Okay, let's see what happens." I wouldn't be up in arms or rioting or anything, but like, I just think that there's better moves to make, and I would be if if, if their plan if their plan is to get Miles Turner and then move KP in the off season for Assets, you know, fine, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm great with it. But I just don't think like they're committed to KP. I think like I don't think that they're gonna move him. So yeah. you have the situation where it's just a messy situation. So I don't know. Like we'll see what happens. I guess we don't know anything. That's right. Thanks, Jack. Yep. Have a good one. You too. Mr. Dang, how you feeling tonight? Take us out of here on a high note with the unmute button, of course. Oh, sorry about that, Kurt. Not a problem. Hey, crazy, crazy game. And another game. Come closer to the mic. Oh, can you hear me? Oh, there we sorry. go. So, another crazy game that Coach Kidd almost cost us the game. <laughs> it's amazing. Same stupid thing. You put in the game. Why would you have THJ in the game as a defensive replacement? That, that was weird. Sense. He got lucky that the guy bobbled the ball and THJ stole it. But that was stupid. That whole sequence was just totally dumb. You know? And and then on on the court, okay? How you match up. Why would you even have Brunson? You can't have Brunson and THJ out there. That makes no sense. And Luca too. Why wouldn't you put Frank uh, Frankie uh, Nicolina back in there? I don't understand that. He was trying, I mean, he's talked about trying some different stuff. And I think if, you know, the defense has improved with certain lineups playing, and I think they have to figure out other lineups to see if, you know, where the shortcomings are. I mean, we know where they are. Like Tim getting lost on defense has been a classic Tim Hardaway. Like it's, it's a part of who Tim Hardaway is, is getting lost on defense and then throwing the ball away to the other team and the key, you know, in in a key moment. Like it's just, I don't know. I, I'm the kid stuff. I think he deserves some credit for how they're playing. Uh, I think the coaching staff works well together. Watching them all on timeouts was at least interesting. Like there's a lot of communication going on in a way that I don't think was happening with Carlisle's coaching staff by the end of last year. Um, I don't know. Well, could I be wrong, but to, to, to kid as far as. He seems to communicate with his players better, and they seem to trust him a whole lot. They do. And, and the defense is effort in trusting in a new, you know, coach. So 
I give him kudos on that. But for us to win the next round of the playoffs, we need him to make better basketball decisions. And sure. to have rotations and experiments at the end of the game is stupid. You don't do it to the end of the game. You do it at another point of the game that doesn't hurt you nearly as critically when you're up 21. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did have some odd lineups and whenever they were up 21 and then things started going sideways, he just didn't use timeouts. Um, things kind of got out of hand quickly. Like there's a number of threes because where I was sitting I had a hard time seeing like a score easily. So I kept looking around I'm like, oh, it's 19 points. Oh, it's six points. When the hell did that happen? You know, well, kind of deal. Well, also, if you kind of look at it, why did he play Burke over Frankie? I don't know. Burke's Burke's the kind of guy where if he misses his first jumper, I think you got to yank him out of the game. Exactly. It's the same thing you should do with THJ. If he's cold, then you need to sit his butt on the bench. Give him two, three minutes. You know, I mean, I'm just tired of him stretching out some of these players that don't earn their playing time. You know, the thing about Frankie, he plays hard. Even Sterling Brown, those two guys, I would take those two guys to war. I'm sure shit wouldn't take THJ, you know, and, and Trey Burke to war. You really think you could trust those two guys? No way. Well, I do understand your frustration with that, man. Yeah, but I'm glad we got the win. But still, it's going to cost us games. It's already cost us, what, two games this year, right? Eh, yeah, but I mean, they. Uh, I'm pretty pleased with where they are compared to where they started. Yeah, I guess I want more, you know, I'm just, I I want us to be special, you know, I want to have that magic in 2011. In order to do that, I need to see a little more progress, a little more finality. It's so close to being so much better. It's so, we're so close to being that next level within the top four seeds, you know, I could taste it, you know. It's 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 almost bittersweet because we show flashes of it, you know. Things. Sure. Well, thanks, boss. Talk soon, I hope. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Craig. I appreciate it, bud. No problem. All right, I lied. We have one more guest coming up. Uh, brand new dad, Kenny. What's up, Kenny? Hit that unmute button. I'm good. I'm good. Just got home. First kid. First kid. It's a beautiful thing. You sound like a tired dad already. This is excellent. I got 30 minutes of sleep last night. First night home. It's insane. But, Mass fans, we're doing it again. You you cannot get emotionally attached to anyone on this team besides number 77. We're doing exactly what the front office wants us to do. They want you to fall in love with players who aren't as good, but, you know, play hard. Let's take Dorian, for example. We all love Dorian. They want you to fall in love with him. So when they say, oh, we might trade him, they're going to say, and then they can't trade him. They, oh, we can't trade Dorian. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves him. You can't do that. You have to rule. You can't lead a team or a front office based on emotion. You have to rule with an iron fist like the Miami Heat, like the Lakers. Those are the teams that are winning. You can't get emotionally attached to players, especially players the, the point of the game is to put the ball in the hole, in my opinion. Everything else is secondary. Well, I love Dorian. I'm on record as saying the math is to pay Dorian like $60 million for running him into the ground for like 10 years, for like $3 million a year. Who's they that? Cowboys. That there, there was a Cowboys running back. 
came out of Oklahoma, dude put on like 25 pounds and they just ran him into the ground before he then ended up on the Titans. Like that's kind of what they've done. That's what they've done with Dorian. Like the dude has been, yeah, DeMarco Murray. Like they've done that with, with, with uh, Dorian where it's just like the dude's been the Iron Man for the team. And I, I think if, if they have an opportunity to sell high on Dorian, then I'm going to thank him for his. Right. And, and, and you, and, but that's what you have to do. And that's how you win. You get an asset, you turn that asset into a bigger asset, a asset that's under contract longer, you know, things like that. Dorian is a good asset because he only makes $4 million next year. If he comes back, he's going to be making like 15. Yeah. You know, so, so the, the value of that asset goes down, but my last comment and I'll leave baby's crying. You cannot fall in love with anyone besides number 77. Everyone else can go. The Mavs understand this. I promise you they do. Everyone else can go. I'm sure you feel the same. And that's all I got. Baby's crying. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs> Everybody say good thing, good thoughts for Kenny. He is in day three. He is in the thick of it. Those of you that have kids will know or maybe – I don't remember the first two months of my son's life. <laughs> We're being tired. Um all right, guys. Great fun as always. We'll be back on Wednesday night. Thanks for hanging out late. Um, thanks again to my man Akiva for taking me to the game. We had a great time. Good, good time talking about basketball and uh, really, you know, it's fun to watch the Thunder. They're they're just an an, an odd duck team. Um, all right, I think that's all I got. Everybody, be good and have a uh, good uh, middle of your week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.